Good morning. I love those guys. I love the announcements. <laughs> Good morning. I feel like this morning was kind of a cozy start coming in here. The trees, the Advent candles being lit. And I was noticing in the announcements how many people are wearing red sweaters like you all called each other this morning. The, sunri- the sunlight was pouring in. So it was just a, a blessing to be in this space together. And then as I was coming in, I noticed a sign, as many Sundays as I'm here, I noticed a sign about what a privilege it is to lead when you step through these doors back here. And I thought, it is truly a privilege. So I feel honored to be with you, as always, and to sing with you. would love to invite you to stand, and let's start off with a traditional Christmas song. Uh, I put a little bit of a spin on it with a new chorus, but you'll know, you'll know it, so sing with me, please.
Thank you for singing. You guys can have a seat. So you've probably noticed this month we've done things a little bit differently and, and changed up December worship. And um, Pastor Curie said, would you share some songs and make it a little bit more of a concert, some things you've written? And um, as we gather in a time of worship, I, I would love the chance to do that. You see, um, as a musician, if you do, if you make Christmas albums or if you do studio work, I do a lot of studio work and jingles and such, you're starting Christmas music in like March. So I've been warmed up for this for several months. <laughs> I, I um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's July 4th, it doesn't matter if it's Valentine's Day. Christmas music in the publishing world is, is kind of their sweet spot cash cow. So we're recording Christmas at all times. Thankfully, I love Christmas music. And so when it came time a handful of years ago to make my own Christmas project, I thought, well, I'm going to have to to really dig a little deeper than just covering some songs because I'm doing that all the time for, for people's projects and for years and years. And um, around that same time, my husband Jeff and I, who Jeff and all my kids, we've got four daughters and a son. Actually, one of my daughters is back out at my CD table um, because, you know, they're old enough that they need to get a job now, and so I put them to work every week. So... Um, they're here. So Jeff and I, when our oldest, we were expecting her, we took a trip and we went to visit the Odles, who a lot of you know, Andy was on, you know, was a pastor here. And we went to visit them when they were in Scotland. And so we went to, we went to Scotland and we went to France. We went to England and it was tremendous. And it was while I was kind of brushing up on high school and college French, I went over to AU and I took a class and they showed us this um, video of their nativity scene. <clears throat> and you may have heard me talk about this before uh, on Christmas when I've sung some of these songs, that it really inspired me and it, it made me look at it a little bit differently. It was different. Their tradition is to have a hillside, they call it the creche, and they had a hillside of people kind of wandering towards the manger. So it wasn't just kind of the literal figures of it, Mary, Joseph, the cow, the sheep, what we traditionally see, but it had all of these people on the hillside. And to me, it was this symbol that made a lot of sense that it's, you know, it may be 2092 or it may be the 1700s. It may be, you may be the king or the pauper. Or you may be in a wonderful spot right at the manger or you may be moving the other way on, on you know, rugged terrain. But it was encapsulating all of us in this journey to come to the Christ child. So I thought, I think I'm going to do a project that is about finding the light of the manger wherever we find ourselves on the journey. And uh, what has spoken to me in these years is that we can find ourselves all those places. And of course, it's been a rough year, not just individually. We all have different things, but just collectively, we've all had a year together of figuring out you know, new situations and having to adapt. And I find more than ever the thought that we could find our way back to the manger uh, where God would meet us and bring us his hope is so comforting. Uh, it is the great comfort. So I'll start out with uh, this song. It's called All Things New.
Hallelujah. 
Thank you. I want to sing you one more before Pastor Carrie comes. This is a song called Shine, and I wrote it probably 10 years ago. Um, hi, I see my kids waving back there um, in the peanut gallery. Hello, guys. Uh, so I wrote it about 10 years ago, but really didn't start performing it until just the last few years. I had a chance to perform with the Carmel Symphony Orchestra, and then this summer with the Anderson Symphony Orchestra, and kind of it came to life in a new way because I was able to have, have it orchestrated. And um, so having done this song a number of times, I was thinking, what can I do to make it musically new? And my kids didn't really have an idea to make it musically new, but they had an idea to give some new life to the song. And that was to, they said, to make a hoodie. Is anybody into hoodies out here or any kids? Okay, because they're telling me that it's all about the hoodie. And so I started paying attention coming down the bus stop every morning. It's these kids in an extra large, you know, you can fit a fridge in this thing, like a double XL hoodie and shorts and flip-flops and in the winter. And so they're wearing them. And I said, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to have several hundred dollars worth of hoodies. And so... I did with this song, Shine. I had a shine hoodie made, and the good news was that we had them, and the bad news was they went so quick. So my kids were like, we're your agents now. We know, we know what works, Mom. So um, my daughter's out there. There's only a couple left, if that's your thing, if that's your kid's thing. Um, that was kind of my new spin on the song. But this is a song that speaks to not just the literal star of, I think, what God, how God decided to... Uh, you know, point the way to the Christ child, but the call on our lives. We hear in Philippians uh, this kind of hearkening back to the idea of shining brightly to the world. So this is a song, uh, it's called Shine. So the world will hear good news. 
love to pray for us as we move into the time with Pastor Carrie and the message. God, we thank you for this morning to come into such a beautiful space and be reminded of your goodness, uh, to see the Christmas trees and just have this awesome symbol of light, of nature, of hope, of a spot to gather, to come around and to have all of these reminders of your hope and your goodness, uh, of your joy we thank you for moments to come into a space and to be together in community uh, after the year we've all shared of, of some good and some hard, hard things and uh, navigating how to kind of be in a space with, um, with sickness around us and hanging, hanging kind of lurking a lot of the times. And so we thank you for an opportunity to come today to have bodies that are able and, and spirits that are ready to hear from you and to move lockstep with what you would have for us, how you would call us, how we can be obedient to your purpose and your plan. We thank you for the Christmas message. We thank you when we sang this morning um, that you are, you are God and you are Emmanuel, God with us wrapped in flesh here and have come to make your home in our hearts. We thank you, God. Amen. Hey, would you help me thank Sarah one more time? It's good to have her with us today. Um, 
And uh, help me welcome, uh, when they were little, you used to call them the Mac babies. Uh, They're kind of growing up a little bit. It's good to have uh, the McLaughlin kids with us today. And I also want to thank the Yoder family, uh, Brett and Caitlin and their son, Luca, for lighting the candle of peace. Um, And if you want to have a real, you know, like, I I don't know what the title is, but it's a conflict of interest to have a a little redheaded boy light the candle of peace, all right? Uh, So pray for the Yoder family when they've got a preschooler like that. We, uh, he's great. I love him. He's my, one of my favorites. I also want you to know that uh, today, being the Sunday before Christmas, when we light the, the candle of peace, uh, we're, we're looking at uh, this whole concept of the light of Christmas. And I wouldn't be honest with you unless I told you that Sarah's song, Shine, was actually a part of our staff discussion about what we wanted to invite you to be about this Christmas season. Because in that song, it's why we ask her to, particularly on this Sunday, to share it because we wanted you to understand that in the midst of a pandemic, regardless of how many variants come out, the people of God are still called to shine the light of Jesus Christ. And to those of you who have signed up to be a part of the Shine Tour, uh, my wife and I uh, had the opportunity this week to to leave our house and drive our car around and use our GPS to find each of you. And so I hope that if Eastside your church home, you received an email from us uh, on Monday of this last week with uh, with the, the assignment, the map, if you would, through the GPS to be able to go and find each of the houses uh, that have to prepare their house to share the, the story. And, and we took uh, an hour or so and, and just drove around the county. And we are so thankful for all of you who are doing that. And I just want you to hear all of that because I've been carrying a book around with me for about six, uh, almost six months now uh, that I first read in the late 1990s. Now, for me to pull a book back out 20 years later after I first read it, it says something about the book. Normally, it says, hey, it's a book that had theological meaning. It's a book that had some depth to it. It's a book that that caused me to think. But this particular book, the reason I pulled it back out is because of the title. Now, the author is a very deep theologian. He's a, he's a guy who, who is a creative thinker. He's actually someone who's referred to as a futurist. His name is Dr. Lynn Sweet, Leonard Sweet. We had him here as a guest back in the late 90s. He's the president of a seminary. And when he wrote the book, he was writing about what, what he felt as if the culture was shifting toward and what the church would have to do to respond to it. And the title of the book, it's a great book, and the title is called Aqua Church. Now, some of you are going, what do you mean, Aqua Church? What in the world would, would why would some theological seminary professor write a, a book called Aqua Church? Well, it's really, really quite simple. You see, what Leonard Sweet was seeing in his spirit as he looked at the church in the last part of the 20th century was that there was a season coming. Now, he had no idea about COVID. He had no idea about a pandemic. But what Leonard did have an idea about was, was he had an idea about what it would take for the for the church to respond to a culture that was shifting away from its traditional moorings. And the image that he came up with, the metaphor that, that grabbed his heart and soul that caused him to write that book, and if you've ever read any of his multitude of books, uh, Lynn Sweet is a guy who, who lives in metaphors. 
And this particular metaphor that grabbed him was the metaphor of a ship sailing across the ocean. But not a ship today with sonar and radar and, and global positioning, but, but no, a ship in the, in the 19th century, a ship in the 1800s with the sails and the mast and the, the crew and, and, and out on the midst of the ocean sailing against the winds and the waves and, and doing it and, and quite honestly crossing the globe for weeks and months at a time living on this boat in a place where they couldn't see land, in a place where all the landmarks were gone, in a place where, where they had no idea what to really expect, and the only way they could navigate was to use the stars and the sun to look heavenward in, in order to find the direction for how to live their life on a daily basis. And, and what... Lynn Sweet helped me to realize, if no one else, is that quite honestly, when the world changes, when everything shifts, there's, there's a need for us to raise our eyes out of the normal landmarks when they're gone and to focus our eyes heavenward. Sometimes, for the mariners who were on those ships, there were clouds in the sky, or there was fog through the day. And following the sun and following the stars sometimes meant, meant tremendous faith, the need to, to actually grab hold of something beyond what they could see, to trust, to trust their charts, to trust their, their intuition, to trust the, the things that they knew to be true. Sometimes they failed and their ships wrecked. But all the time they were challenged. Challenged to be able to live their life trusting beyond themselves. This Christmas, I want to encourage you. This Christmas, I, I want to invite you wherever you are, whether you're online with us or on campus with us or later watching us on demand, whether you've been to Eastside your whole life or you've just found us recently, I want to encourage you to be a person who is able to follow Jesus, the light of Jesus, who is the light of the world, even when all the old traditions are moved away. Even when all the old landmarks are gone and hidden. And I want to invite you to do that because, quite honestly, people have been doing that since the very day Jesus was born in Bethlehem. You say, Pastor, what are you, what are you talking about? Well, there's, there's indications in the biblical story, that, that this ability to, to guide and grow and move and live with your eyes heavenward, that's a part of the Christian life that's been there since the beginning. Listen to the story. Matthew records it for us in Matthew chapter 2. It's about some kings, if you would, men who were wise Men who were perceptive, uh, we call them the three wise men. Listen to their story from Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. 
Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For he saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem was troubled with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them, where was the Messiah to be born? And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, because it is written by the prophet, O you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. And then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. These men were the first mariners of faith, if you would. They were the pioneers of people who would seek the light that they had heard was in the Christ child. They, they, they were those who who came to see what they had heard was happening. Maybe that's where you are this Christmas in light of all the things we've been living through. Maybe you're in a place where you're wondering, is this Christianity thing real? Is this Christmas story honestly something I can put my faith in? I would suggest to you today, whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're a, a, someone who's seeking after truth today, I would, I would encourage you to consider the wise men, to consider the three kings, to consider the, the lifestyle that would, that would call you to be a follower of Jesus in the same pattern of these men, men who, who left behind everything they knew in order to find everything they desired. You see, that, that's what Christianity's about. Christianity is about leaving behind everything you think you know about what it means to live your life and trusting every part of your life to the God who created you, who knows you better than you know yourself, who has for you a, a life, a plan, a direction. And if you're going to do that this Christmas, if you're going to follow the Christmas light, then then you really need to consider the way these men did it because I want to suggest to you for your consideration, not just today, but for the rest of your life, that the story of Christmas isn't just some historical revelation. It's actually a daily, a daily description 
of how we live. Let's start with these kings, these wise men who came to a place where they had been told, where they had seen the star, who came to a land they'd never been to before, looking for what they had longed for their whole life. The first thing about them that hits me is that they they had to be observant enough to see the star. I mean, think about this. This, these men spent their life looking at the things around them, looking at the skies above them, seeking out the stars, trying to figure out what was going on. They were observant enough that when a brand new star showed up in their solar system, when a brand new star showed up in their skies, when a light shone in their darkness that was brighter than the others, they were at least observant enough to recognize that it was happening. Please, this Christmas, don't get so wrapped up in the traditions and the details and the patterns and all the busyness that you miss the reality that in the midst of a global pandemic, God has been at work. In the midst of your traditions, God is speaking to you and to me. He is shining his light in our lives. These men were observant enough to not only see the star, but they were observant enough to understand that that when something changed in the universe, when something shifted in the cosmos, when they had to find something in response to something that had happened to their life, they saw what was happening and they acknowledged it. Acknowledged it enough to leave behind everything And with tremendous courage, with tremendous courage to step into a world they had never been to before. Think about that for just a minute. Think about what it means to live your life courageously, courageously facing the unknown. Some of you are looking at me like, well, pastor, the reality is every day is unknown. Yeah, I know. That's why this story is so important. Well, pastor, nothing in my life fits what I thought it was going to be. I know that's why this story is so important. That's why it's so important for you to be observant about where God is at work, to see what's going on, to have the courage when you see what he's doing, to be able to step out and and lean into and live into what he's decided to give into your life. You see, it's an interesting thing about light and darkness. We've talked about it for a few months now. That if you've got two rooms, one light, one dark, with a door in between, that if you open the door between the dark room and the light room, you never ever see the darkness go into the light. The light always goes into the darkness. My friends, If we will open our eyes, if we will be observant enough to see what God has been doing, what God is at work doing, the stars that are shining in your life, in the faces of the children, in the faces of your family, in the faces of their coworkers, to see where God is working and move to where he's working. Be aligned with what he's doing. Follow that light. He's working in some of the most difficult places but he's working. Are you willing to see what God is doing? 
Or are you so wrapped up in your own agenda, so wrapped up in the things that you think have to happen this Christmas season, checking off the list, that you miss what he's doing? And then if you are observant enough to see where he's at work, to see what he's doing, do you have the courage the courage to step into the light, the courage to step out of your darkness, the, the courage to trust him in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the heartache, in the midst of the depth of discouragement? Do you have that kind of courage? Because when the light of Christmas shines, courage happens. These men left behind, as I said, everything they knew, traveled to a land they had never seen, doing it all, watching the stars, watching the heavens, trying to see exactly what was going on, following it, and getting to a place where now suddenly they're facing an authority they've never faced before. They go into Jerusalem, the capital of Israel. They go into the palace where the king was, they go to the source of power and ask the source of power, hey, where is the one who has been born to replace you? <laughs> where is the one who is, who is king of the Jews? You see, when you're observant enough to see what God is doing and courageous enough to follow his leadership, you end up in places. Now, men this is, this is going to be hard for us, okay? You end up in places where you have to stop and ask for directions. I just want to let you know that. Because sometimes, sometimes everything you've learned about how to get somewhere, it fails. Years ago, when they, when they first came out with Google Maps, um, and I, I, it wasn't, I didn't even, you know, it wasn't a GPS system that we all had available. I mean, I'm that old for some of you younger. I, I'm old enough to remember life before GPS, okay? But you could print out, some of you remember this, you could print out, you could print out a map from the Google Maps and take that with you. You remember those days? You'd pull it up on your, you put a location in. We thought that was the greatest thing in the world. We didn't have to go to the gas station and buy a map. You could, you could print it out off your computer. And so my wife and I were traveling. We were actually going over to a college in Illinois to watch the Anderson University men's basketball team play a game. And we had never been to that college before. And so we, we printed out from Google Maps. And we, we went and we followed. We got off the exit. We turned at the left turn, we turned at the right turn. We followed every sign until finally, this is not an exaggeration, not a preacher story, a reality of description. We end up in our car in eastern Illinois in the middle of a cornfield where a dirt road turned into a pasture. And we're like, what in the world? How did we end up here? What, what's going on with this? It was the hardest thing in the world. Because, guys, maybe your wife doesn't do this to you. My wife is a brilliant woman who says to me, you know, Carrie, stop and get directions. I can figure this out. I don't, need, I don't need to stop and get directions. I will find my way there. Not when you're sitting at the gate of a cornfield, of a pasture, 
with a cow looking across the, the fence at you going, why are you driving your car in my pasture? It's not happening. The, the wise men came to the place where they thought the Messiah should be. But get this. Not only were these men observant, not only were these men courageous, these men were humble enough to ask for directions. When, when, they, when they came to Jerusalem, and said, hey, where, where is the Messiah? They were in essence saying, look, we followed all the things that we know how to follow. We've gotten to this place, and we don't know where the Messiah is. We think you should know the answer, so why don't you tell us? And they, and they humbled themselves to ask. Now, the story takes a twist there, but before we follow the twist, I... I really, want, I really want you to think about your own life for a minute. This Christmas, second Christmas in a pandemic, this Christmas, when there's another surge coming, we're already in it. This Christmas, when, when the term pandemic fatigue is real. This Christmas, when you don't know exactly what January 2022 is going to look like, can I tell you a couple of things? Number one, you've never known what the new year was going to hold, no matter what you thought. In fact, there's a phrase we use, I'm just taking one day at a time, Right? That's supposed to make us like, look like we're just trusting people. Can I explain something to you that maybe has never crossed your mind? You never get more than one day at a time. You can't live tomorrow. It's not here yet. You can't go back to yesterday. It's already gone. It's today. Every time you open your eyes into a new 24-hour cycle. All you're doing is living in that moment. And that's the only way you get to live. Now, for those of you who are planners and, and all of that, I, I love you. I'm one of you. I used to, when I started in ministry, I, I would have a five and 10-year plan. I don't have a five-minute plan anymore. I heard a very wise pastor, Dr. Ron Fowler, a dear friend who celebrated his 86th birthday this week from over in Akron, Ohio. Years ago, he said something to me when I was a young pastor that, that just rocked my world because he pastored the same church in Akron, Ohio for 40 years after his father had pastored it for 40 years. And Dr. Fowler and I were in a, a setting one day and he said, you know, Kerry, I, I've gotten to the point now where I get up every morning and in my devotions, I say, now God, here's what they've got planned for me. I'm supposed to speak here. I'm supposed to visit here. I'm supposed to do this meeting here. But God, here's what I want you to know. Whatever you have for me, would you interrupt everything everyone else has for me? And God, would you interrupt what I have for me? My friend, if you will observe where God is at work this Christmas, 
If you'll be courageous enough to, to launch out to join him in that process. And humble enough to ask him, hey, God, listen, would you put me where you want me to be? Would you do for me what you want to do for me? Would you use me the way you want to use me? After all, God, I've got this day. It's the only day I've got. That's not pessimism. I'm not being sad. God, this is reality. I get to live every day, and God, I get to live it with you. And suddenly... The observant, courageous, humble, wise men become a model for us. And when the story takes a twist, there's one more thing that's even more important than the observant, courageous, humble part of life. Did you hear it when I read it earlier? They got directions to go to Bethlehem. Herod told them, hey, when you get there, I, I want you to let me know that you found this king. And so they leave the temple and they head out to the fields to Bethlehem. And when they get there, they find the baby right where the star stopped. And can I tell you something? That's where the story gets really interesting, isn't it? Because when they find what they've been looking for, they're suddenly asked to change their plans. They're suddenly asked by the God of the universe not to go back to the king, not to go back the path they knew, but to take another whole path home. And it's in that moment where we discover that the real guidance of the light of Jesus is the guidance that leads us into an obedience. An obedience where we are willing to live that one day Every day, one moment in a relationship with Jesus to the place that as we live it with courage, observing where God's at, with humility, asking for direction so we don't end up lost, but with obedience to be willing to change our plans to do what he has for us. This Christmas, my prayer for me and my prayer for you and my prayer for the world is that we will become people who follow the path of the wise men, who follow the guidance of the light when all the landmarks are gone, and we do it with love and grace and obedience and discover peace that the world is looking for in the Christmas story. Would you pray with me? Abba, Papa, Heavenly Father, in these days leading up to the celebration of your son's birth, remind us again of the depth of the stories 
the understanding that, that your light has come and that you shine in us when we are willing to be where you are, when we're willing to see what you see, when we're willing to, to humble ourselves and ask for direction, when we're willing to courageously step into what we don't know, and most of all, Lord, when we're willing to be obedient to your change of our plans. In these next few days, God, show us again what it means to live as followers of Jesus, the baby born in a manger. For it's in his strong name that we pray. Amen. Hey, would you, if you're on campus, would you stand with me? And, and I'm going to ask you to sing a song with Sarah that most of you will know. And if you don't know, it's a great Christmas song to learn because it's about navigating this world, following the light of Jesus Christ. Sing it with us. That is our prayer. 
that this Christmas season, we will all go and tell everyone we see who Jesus Christ is, that the baby born in the manger is not just a historical figure. He's a living, breathing Savior today, living in and through us. This Friday evening, 6 o'clock, I invite you to join us here on campus for our Christmas Eve candlelight and communion and Christmas carol service. I hope you will plan to be here. If you're with us on campus, six o'clock, we'll be done. It's a quick evening, beautiful candlelight service, but it's a one-hour service. If you can't join us in person on campus, we invite you to join us online. We will be streaming it um, on Christmas Eve. And then again on Christmas Day um, at noon and 6 p.m., we'll be streaming it then as well. For those of you on campus, we're so glad that you're here with us. For those of you online, we are so thrilled that you are with us. And for those of you who join us later this week on demand, please hear from my lips to your ears, Merry Christmas. God bless you, everyone.